in a vast landscape full of adventurers. You are now listening to the world of Chaotic Amateurs. And welcome, everybody, to Chaotic Amateurs, uh, the Internet's number one D&D podcast. So says Bentley Michaels. Uh, and probably some other people out there. I am your temporary DM, Caleb. And to my left, we have... Baron Trillmond Falgrace. Mm. Carmelo. No, no, no. Oh, do-over. What? Oh, I got to do it in character? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm red. As Carmelo T. Bucky Muckbuckle of the Muckbuckle Detection Agency. Good luck editing oh, this. Good. <laughs> uh, I'm Dash. <laughs> Admiral Dash. Admiral Dash. And Bentley Michaels. All right. So thank you for joining me all. Uh, it is that time of year again. We are doing another birthday bash. Caleb uh, lived another year. And we are going to celebrate like kings tonight. <laughs> um so, who wants to recount what happened at the end? Who thinks that they remember? Who's in a state to even remember anything? I uh, killed a banshee. <laughs> you were a large part of that. You're correct. Yeah. Um, I, what led up to that? Though? I, I, am, I made the group um, coalesce like into a, a working unit <laughs> that <laughs> killed... <laughs> Um, a, a dangerous entity. Um, I like that spin. That's good. Roll, roll uh, charisma. <laughs> I got this. Can I use deception? Yeah. Nineteen. Oh, listen to that. So you roll the ten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bentley, do you have anything else to add from the perspective of either Nash or what was Ronnie. her name? Ronnie. Ronnie. Uh, well, or Ronnie's awesome, and I'm super sad I don't get to play her again. Uh, she's the best. Uh, let's see here. Uh, she did not like uh, Trillman Von Greestrap, and uh, she stabbed him for show. And she, she was right. Nash didn't like Trillman Von Greestrap, stabbed him for show. Didn't like him either. Um, no, actually, he hit him with his hammer, I believe, and one of, like almost knocked his skull off. One of your characters cut off his hand. Uh, that was definitely was that Nash? Uh, yeah, that yeah. yeah. That sounds that's that's a total Nash move. And then uh, and then basically Nash what move. happened afterwards, uh, as far as everything else goes, uh, we we left the town. We found out that it was a. Uh, I mean, we fought the banshee, but it was like, what was the lady doing with the? Well, she was like controlling everybody. She, and they, with like, like turned the little into wolves, yeah, and with like the little the uh, amulets, yeah, the, the, the things Trillman that she was making, hung on to, and yeah, and that's how, yeah, we got all fucked up because Trilly took one, and then uh, and then afterwards, Trillman, stop worrying about that shit, and <laughs> then cool. and then uh, eat my, <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. and then uh, and then uh, how it actually ended, if you haven't listened to it, pretty much actually ended is that Trillman had like some sort of a secret conversation with these people who were like looking for like a lich or some such. Hail the oh, claw. oh, it was the the sword was the sword of a lich killer. That's what it was. Hail the claw. Yeah. Yep. And I think in our unbriefing, we we revealed a little bit more, and I'm trying to decide if I should remind make that. us. 
Yeah. If I well, I mean, it's already out on the internet. Yeah. So. So, Remind us. So basically, Agatha, that banshee, yeah, she was a servant of a lich. Vecna. Yeah, good memory. I you get one like rep point. Oh, my God, I do. <laughs> yeah. Red point. Um, Are they good for anything in this game? Yeah, you can roll advantage or you can impose disadvantage on an NPC. So says I. That could come back to to bite me. Uh, one <laughs> red point. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, she was uh, serving a lich. So you're, you're part of a family that hunts liches is, is pretty much the... The gist, and that was and the so claw. It they was were like yeah, out to kill Vecna or make sure Vecna couldn't return or something. yeah, some something like that. And um, you guys were all suspicious of poor Baron uh, Valgris because well, he didn't really know, but um, uh, Lemayan and him are in oh, yeah. family in in the same order. That was really the only kind of hidden piece that he had that you guys didn't have, and that was enough for you guys. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> to decide somebody's fate. Um, so, yeah, it was mostly Nash and Ronnie, but yeah, yeah, you weren't happy about it either. No, yeah, no, I but, do remember. But after the end of it, everybody kind of came to a consensus that oh, he must have been under some kind of spell from Agatha. Yep, I and recall uttering the words "keep your friends close, but your enemies closer." Yes, totally. And happened. and you started feeling bad about his missing hand. Hand now, does he still have a missing hand? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was cut oh, clean I off. Were, I think- All right. So, Dash, crystal clear? Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <Okay>. Sure. <laughs> uh, I've had some. Um, so I'm going to be using Bentley. I'm, I'm going to use your real name and Dash, your real name, until your characters come in. Cool. If I indicate anything. Because Nash quit. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Was not happy with Trillman. No, no. Um, so, okay. Ah. <sighs> We can all relax. It's like 10 degrees cooler in here all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I felt that. Rhett, put your pants back on. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I love this being an audio only. That's why I was trying to make it sound like you peed your pants the whole time. Okay, anyway. Uh, you three, Baron, Bucky, and Bentley. Uh, you three sit on a firm wooden bench, much like an uncomfortable church pew. Your hands are bound together, as are your feet. Together? To, to your own hands, not to your neighbor's hands around you you find the interior of a dark dusty and badly battered church cobwebs adorn nearly every exposed surface there are a few sconce torches lighting the room but mostly a gray gloom pours in from the windows the abundance of dust mingles with the dim sunlight forming almost ethereal rays from what you can see of the walls there appear to there appears to be murals along the full length of this large open sanctuary the odd thing about this church, in addition to your lack of freedom, <laughs> um, Dude, yeah. <laughs> take that. That's funny. Um, you guys ever been to a Western church before? <laughs> uh, so, uh, lack of freedom. Uh, the murals seem to depict all of the known gods from every known pantheon, but they're all upside down as if this is a church for something much darker. To the left and right of the sanctuary, you see two giants guarding doors. One on the left has fiery red hair, while the one on the right does not. It has no hair whatsoever. They both have several scars on their exposed skin and not much in the way of armor or clothing. They are both obviously battle-tested. 
Directly ahead of you, and in the center, equally centered between the giants, is a long table with four throne-like wooden chairs. Uh, I'd like you guys to make a perception check, please. Uh, 19. Okay. Perception? Wisdom. Wisdom. A three! <laughs> this is par for the course for Bucky. 19. <laughs> 19, okay. Yep. So, uh, Bucky, I think you are probably more... more Concerned with I'm, your restraints. Yeah, I'm just thinking about other stuff and yeah. including my restraints, their restraints. I'm not worried. Maybe about wondering how you got there in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but the rest of you, you see, dun dun dun. Um, each chair is a different size from its neighbor. Additionally, each chair has a different flair. One resembles that of fine, elegant artistry, resembling elven craftsmanship. Next to it, a sturdy-looking, hardy timber with clean lines and carvings of dwarven kind. Another has the size of a natural telltale and natural telltale signs of a halfling's handiwork. And the last bears no embellishments and is of average human size. In addition, Bentley and Baron, you see carved in the chairs with an omega symbol surrounding it. Uh, this symbol. Uh, so imagine that with an Omega symbol. And um, for our audio listeners, yeah, um, we'll post it. But it's on the Instagram, I think, wait, buried a year ago. Um, I've got it somewhere in my notes. And in addition to that, Bentley and Baron, you also see a tattoo on the giant's chest bearing the same symbol. Mm. Yeah. And Baron... You have a suspicion that you know what this room is and who will be joining you uh, shortly. And who would that be? We flash back to the beach. Uh, Who remembers the name of the beach? Swallow Island. Very close. Sallow. (laughs) Sallow Island. Good job. Here we are on the beach. Having successfully solved your recent case in Lockport, a.k.a. Paulville, you don't really need to have your hands bound, Rhett. Well, it's just for me to get into character. Okay, but now you're at the beach, oh. so... Yeah, you got you go. a drink in your hand. Yeah. So having Sunshine. successfully solved your recent case in Lockport, a.k.a. Paulville, you and Baron return to Sallow Island and the comfort of the Sandy Inn. Nash, fed up with the secrets and an overwhelming feeling of being tied down, stayed behind in Lockport to roam and explore. He quite prefers the freedom and lifestyle around Lockport and has... The only companion he needs is Large Mastiff. And did you ever divulge its name? I don't. I don't remember if you did. Rex. It's probably not Rex. Yeah, Billy. Um, Baron, uh, what do you do on the island? <laughs> what do you do on the island when you get back after the Agatha? Um, well, I definitely explain um, my actions uh, nearing the end of okay. the the scenario, um, and. Um, as soon as I feel that is uh, adequately explained to everyone and they trust me, uh, as, as people tend to do, uh, I would contact my father and find out um, any more information he might have. Okay. So let's hear that conversation between you and, and Bucky. Yeah, I feel like you've been downgraded from like employment status to like contractor status. Wait, is that Rhett or is that Bucky? That's Rhett. Describing Bucky's actions. 
Yeah, because he doesn't want to get rid of you. Mm. But no. he doesn't want to get rid of you at all. But well, listen, I've I've got uh, many uh, great attributes that could uh, further your uh, your business. Um, the things that happened on that island, I was working within parameters that were were set upon me um, that I had no control over. And uh, the future is really bright for me and my family and everything I can uh, give to you uh, and your business. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the voice? Yeah! I missed the voice. Yeah! Uh. <clears throat> I don't know what Bucky would say, unfortunately. That's why I haven't spoken in character yet. But basically, I think he comes. he does accept the idea that uh, you are doing something... Whether or not he agrees with it or has come to terms with it doesn't really matter because he sees how useful you are. Mm. And he seemed pretty forgiving at the end. He was, but I think it was more from the idea of that Bucky is intrigued by the general mystery that has kind of come up since the last episode with the Lich and with the Claw mm. and with your family being kind of at the center of it. And he sees how useful you are. And... He knows that you're probably going to try to manipulate him, but of course not. He's willing to endure that m- manipulation to sort of manipulate you in turn towards helping you're- him, helping his business, and maybe getting to the center of the mystery of the lich. Well, and of course, that's all Trillman wants is to uh, help your business and help you progress uh, through the way you're looking at me. <laughs> no, I like this is. This is good. Um, it, just this, the advancement of all of us together as one organization. Of course, Trillmond. You're very useful, to say the <laughs> least. Okay. So after that kind of a conversation happens, uh, and, and that happened pretty, pretty immediate once you guys got back to the yeah, island. Yeah, of course. Um, Bucky, almost immediately after that, um, you go straight to work in your makeshift workshop. Uh, it's poorly supplied and quite run down, but it suits your needs and was provided for free as a thank you from the Sandy Inn. Um, in honesty, the Sandy Inn is hoping that you might invent more things like the uh, cocktail chiller oh, yeah. that you license to them in your shop and, and make them some more money. In your shop, not more than a lean-to on the back of the inn's main building, you begin disassembling several prototypes of cocktail chillers and various other gadgets you had been working on. It takes a few days, but you finally have your eureka moment. Proud of your craftsmanship, you summon Baron and anxiously sit at a shoddy table that has a thatch umbrella overhead. After a moment, Baron arrives to find you now pacing beside the table. Baron, when you arrive, sensing Bucky's excitement, you take your seat, and Bucky, unable to wait any longer, with a loud clank, sets a contraption on the table. The contraption... (laughs) That was an empty beer can. <laughs> the contraption has the resemblance of a hand. Bucky, uh, I need you to do an intelligence check, please. 19. 19. So based off of that role, I need you to describe the hand and, and its quality considering uh, that was a pretty good role. Yeah. Yeah, so the hand itself, it... Uh, there, there are certain things that, that will need... Yeah, the best description of it is like a clockwork hand, right? Now, you're never going to have the same grip strength that you once had, but 
But uh, but anyway, it's a series of steel rods with uh, some occasional sort of pneumatic devices and, and, I don't know, maybe some gears and things like that. Um, designed completely to run off the energy generated by both your kinetic arm movements and uh, static heat that your body generates. So theoretically should operate just like your normal hand uh, once attached to the electrical impulses coming out of your arm. Are you going to do surgery on them? I'm just curious because you're getting pretty. All right. Well, how sh- how would you describe it? Then? No, no, no. This is good. I just want to figure out how detailed and how whatever. I'm not intimate. Doing, I'm not doing surgery. Okay. I can't do surgery, but a surgeon could. <laughs> but anyway, it's like a hand. It's like it looks like Luke Skywalker getting his hand in the end of Empire. Yeah. But a uh, little maybe less magical looking. You might have to wear some gloves to avoid suspicion. Yeah. It's pretty steampunky. Yeah. I would agree with that. And the only thing that I would add is uh, because you were kind of cannibalizing some of your other gadgets and your cocktail chillers, there's there's kind of a blue glow. A blue glow. Yeah. I dig it. Uh, he was, you know, crafting from with what he had. Yeah. He's pretty good. You're lucky you got anything. Yeah. I've been trying. <laughs> I am extremely grateful. I hand it to you and I say, this is how I treat those, treat those who betray me. And I hand you a <laughs> new hand. <laughs> All right, so Baron, this what do you do? This is quite well. <laughs> <laughs> I see where I get with my ways. <laughs> so what do you do, Baron? Uh, I, I put it on and, and kind of feel how it uh, interacts with uh, okay. my stub of a hand. <laughs> so you struggle a bit to get it on, as Bucky kind of misjudged the sizing. Uh, but once it's on, you feel that warm sensation that he mentioned. And then it turns to cool, as you might expect, on the tip of your gnarled nub. Um, that soft blue glow kicks on, and a faint whirring sound begins. I it's feel like it has a strap onto his arm, too. Like So so it well, fits on, yeah. and then the, maybe a shoulder strap? Yeah, yeah, okay. there we go. Okay, cool. I dig. And it sounds exactly like the cocktail chillers that were cannibalized to make your new hand. Um, and what's the first thing you try to do with your new prosthetic? Um, Keep in mind, this is kind of a family podcast. Uh, I will uh, <laughs> uh, take my hand and just kind of um, take a coin. And no, actually, I'll take uh, the card deck out mm-hmm. of my my pocket, okay. and I'll kind of shuffle the cards between my two hands um, and kind of do one of my uh, card tricks that cool. I Very that cool. I would do. Uh, if I were in public. Okay. And right as you get to the kind of grand finale uh, shuffling flourish, that is kind of your trademark for that trick, um, you suddenly feel a tension. And you're not sure if it's swelling from your recent amputation or if the gadget itself is tightening. And it seems to be getting tighter, causing a bit more anxiety. Uh, Go ahead and do a con check. Saving throw or just regular con? Are they not the same? They are the same in this case, actually. Uh, so you know three. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, that bad. Two points of yeah, yeah. Panic starts to set in as you're feeling that pain. Uh, as the cuff of the invention begins to start to pierce your skin. 
and blood starts to trickle down. I need you to do another con check. Five. Five. Okay. Uh, that would be another five points of damage. Ouch. That's more. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to take it off. Okay. Uh, go ahead and do a strength check. got to warn you, it's going to be pretty high. Uh, that's going to be a seven. Okay. Uh, seemingly... Uh, as you struggle to try to take it off, um, you notice that the the tension starts to ease, seemingly appeased by the blood drawn and the tension achieved. The tightening stops, and you now feel as if this prosthetic hand cannot be removed. It is forever a part of you, for better or for worse. And we're going to pause for a second while I email you a thing. I'm that good. Oh. I just emailed or sent uh, Milo some stats uh, that his new arm gives him and now I'm sharing them with the rest of the crew so they can see what he is now capable of with that arm. arm. So if somebody wants to read that so everybody can see or hear. Bucky's arm of ice. Benefit. You now have the spell chill touch once per long rest. Critical success on rolls of 19 or 20 once per long rest. Player chooses when to use. The burden. Any non-combat hand-intensive task that requires strength or dexterity, example given climbing, sleight of hand, etc., requires 1d20 roll. If player rolls 2 to 5, it is considered a malfunction, and it imposes disadvantage on next roll of similar type. Malfunction does not stack. Roll number one. Hand is useless until Bucky mends. So if he yeah. crit fails, it's his arm is just dead. That's totally Bucky's stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Like it would malfunction. That's and awesome, man. Be, be that's a really cool. That's a really cool piece. Thanks, man. Bucky's arm of ice. All right, so that is now on chill my you. drink, Trailmond. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> That's uh, why he built yeah. it. I, yeah. I, I, I grab your, your drink and make sure to touch like your pinky hand. <laughs> hey, that's cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we flash back to the sanctuary. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, oh, yeah. Here we go. Baron, so I mentioned that you have a suspicion that you know what this room is and who will be seated before you very soon, right? Yeah. Uh, so I need you to roll me a history check, please, to see if... Milo remembers what Baron remembers. That is going to be a 22. Awesome. Okay. Baron, uh, you know that this was once a human cleric's church de- dedicated to Pelor, uh in the heart of Rel Um So in the heart of Rel Serin, and it was taken by your family ages ago out of quote-unquote necessity. That's all you know about how it was procured. You know this to be called the Chamber of Justice, and you know that it's the only above-ground area of your family's or your clan's stronghold. And um, I don't know if you relay that or not. Uh, Guys, where are we? I told you I had to go to my mind palace, and now I'm tied up. The giants don't say anything. Perhaps we should uh, wait until whoever is going to uh, introduce themselves comes. Is somebody somebody introducing themselves? I get that impression based on 
yeah. where we're sitting and the, the table we're around. Good. Uh, give us another history check, Baron. Uh, nine. Okay. Uh, you know this to be where the High Realm Court meets to kind of dole out justice that doesn't really operate in the public eye. Um, the public has more of a governmental justice system, but the quote-unquote HRC is special. Um, they adjudicate cases that are a bit more supernatural and clandestine, uh, as that's how your order, your family, your clan operates primarily. So uh, as you two are discussing this, and Bucky, you're kind of panicking, a r- the red-haired giant yells out, All rise! The high, the high Realm Court is now in session. The Order of Cast now presiding. And then four robed characters enter. Two from the door on the left, two from the door on the right. All of different heights. Unable to identify any racial or other features other than height, uh, you watch as they solemnly step to their chairs that seem to match each of their respective heights. They each clasp their hands together, acknowledging one another, mumbling something before sitting down. Once they sit down, kind of in a relaxed posture, uh, a finely dressed elf enters through the door on the left. After some hand gestures, a bright light takes over your vision, temporarily blinding you. All three of you, Bentley, Bucky, and Baron, uh, give me a charisma save. Seventeen. Eighteen. Nine. Okay. So, oh, this is perfect, actually. Bucky and Bentley, your characters both know what this elf just did with its hand. It cast Zone of Truth. Hmm. Baron, on the other hand, has no idea that he cast Zone of Truth. The elf bows to the adjudicators at the table and then exits. The giant chimes back in and says, The litigants have been properly ZOT'd. You may be seated. So, you guys, I imagine, take a seat. I never stood. Okay. Even though he Did said, Did I get a reaction rise, on any of that fine, stuff since whatever. I knew what they were doing? Uh, what do you mean? Like a combat reaction or something? Mm-hmm. No. We're no it's, it's not really a, a combat situation anyway. Well, I mean, it's only speech. Uh, you can. Are you wanting to say something? Well, I have something I can do. Oh, that will lessen the effects of what that just happened, and it's a and it's a reaction to when somebody does something to me. Oh, uh, what is it? It's called absorb elements, mm. and the spell captures some of the incoming energy, lessening its effect on me, mm. and then it stores it for my next melee attack. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Cool. Yeah. So you, what do you say or do to get that to happen? Uh, it's just a, uh, it's just I say something. Okay. So. Like a vocal. Yeah. Is, so is I, there I would a just, funny word or phrase that you want to say? No, I would okay. just probably mumble to my breath. You know. Okay. Name of the spell. Okay. I am a dwarf after all. Got to keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> we all know like, they have rocks for brains. So I don't know what any of that means. Absorb elements. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, that's really neat. Okay, uh, the figures nod and unroll long scrolls and pull out quills. Uh, one of the figures speaks. Baron, you recognize the voice. It's a bit disguised by the acoustics and the muffling of the robes they're wearing. Uh, but if you want to roll a perception check, you might be able to be um, sure of yourself. Sure. 19. You know this voice as the voice of your father. Mm. 
and he's seated in that elven carved chair. Okay. Uh, what is his name? Um, Dad. Dad. Daddy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> give, give me. Yeah, <laughs> you guys can work together if you want to think of a name. He he needs a name. He's in here a lot. Um, Julius. Brutus. I like Julius, actually. That's actually a pretty solid name. We'll go okay. with Julius. So, Julius Valgris. Okay. So, that's the voice you hear. And that voice says, Very well, Mr. Muckbuckle. Please rise and state the facts as you recall them. All right, fine. I stand. Uh, I also stand with him. Nope. Barely aware of what's happening because I was just in my mind palace. And now I'm here. Yeah. And I begin speaking. Um, everyone here, not I know... you. You can have a seat. Uh, right Drummond, now, we but... are hearing Mr. Muckbuckle. Drummond, I think I can handle this. And you see the giants kind of shift to and the I sit back down, and they relax. Mr. Muckbuckle. <clears throat> yes. What would you like to hear? Basically everything you remember that you think is relevant that happened in Lockport. Lockport, colloquially known as Paulville. Yes, I do seem to recall a case once worked regarding a certain banshee and bewitching magics that I conquered. Really? You conquered a banshee? A man of your height? I don't even know what that means. You're not very tall. Well, to you, I feel very bad for you if height was all that mattered. I'm just surprised. Mm. Did you have any help? Of course I did. (laughs) Okay. Would you like to know who I had help from? Because the way way, uh, Caleb... In court, when a lawyer asks you a question, you just answer the question. Otherwise, you look stupid. Hey, that's part of my real job. (laughs) It's part of my real job, too. (laughs) I'm answering these questions like my real job. But I'll try to play a game. No, no. Bucky is an attorney. (laughs) Yeah, Bucky is an attorney. So, lean into it. Yes. Yes, I had help. Explain. I had help from two of my long-term employees. One, Nash. Roguebutt. Nash Ragbutt. And another, Trillmond uh, Van Valgris. You don't even know your long-time employee's name? Honestly, I barely remember what I had for breakfast. Are you being coy with the court? Sir, I dream not of being coy with the court, except of being completely honest and forward with all of my knowledge. And the truth is, I'm horrible with names. Okay. Is that all you have? Would you any, like to know Any more? other relevant information that you think we might need to know? Uh, I begin to stand again. Sit down. 
We will not ask you again or we'll have you removed. Trailman, I think I can handle this. Your Honor was saying... Do you have anything further to add? Would you like to know more? Absolutely. We want to know everything. Oh. We went to Lockport where we discovered a conspiracy to convert the townspeople into soldiers of the lich. Now we're talking. Do you recall the name of this lich? Of course. I never forget a name. You forgot your employee's name like two minutes ago. <laughs> Must I remind counsel? <laughs> he literally just said, I'm not good with names. Of course, the lich's name was Vecna. And with that, they all kind of sit back away from the table and mumble to each other. Kind of side, side talks. Ah. And then they lean further. What else do you know of this Vecna? What I know of this Vecna is that he is a formidable foe. Who bewitched... Well, I don't know if this is true, but did he bewitch Agatha? Say what you know. Of course, you'll have, the court will have to forgive my hazy memory, but Vecna, a formidable foe who bewitched the likes of Agatha the Banshee, who, the, who also bewitched the townspeople or something. Look, I was only there like... I like how you get real casual. <laughs> Look, okay. get off me about this, okay? <laughs> anyway, they turned into wolves. Went the amulets. We kill a bunch of people. I mean, well, just bad guys. We didn't kill anybody. We didn't kill any people. There was just. Right now, we're talking to Mr. Muckbuckle. Mr. Muckbuckle. Truman, I got Sit back this. Down. Yeah. <laughs> what of Thalen? The person, I believe, you were sent to discover the the cause of death. If it pleases the court, I regret to inform that Thalen was found dead on arrival. By what manner? By manner of black magic, a.k.a. eaten by wolves. That sounds pretty natural. Well, eaten by wolves it were, people. It's complex, you see. Mm. You weren't there. You know what? You can sit down. I think we've got everything we need from you. If it pleases the court. It does not sit down, Mr. <laughs> Muckbuckle. You understand the order of court. If it pleases the court, I will sit, sit down. <laughs> All right. Now, Mr. Oh, excuse me. Baron. Yes. Baron Valgris, please this rise and state shot. the facts as you God. recall them. So the the facts are accurate to what my uh, boss uh, has indicated. Anything else to add detail-wise? No. Anything about your actions that you wish to add? (laughs) Might I remind you that you are under a zone of truth? No. Did you cooperate? with the task that we sent Mr. Muckbuckle on. The task (laughs) that you're referring to. (laughs) Just as you start to recount your experience, although very broken and um, halfway maybe, all the glass around you breaks and explodes inwards. (laughs) 
Immediately, a green smoke enters the sanctuary in the deluge. Everyone thrown into panic while, uh, while the giants, by an unseen force, are laid flat. The members of the court take cover under the table as that green entity enters and tosses the table aside without so much as a single strain visible. Quickly, all but one of the high court are quickly slashed dead with two quick slashes of this creature's claws. Grabbing the surviving court member, the one in front of the chair bearing the elvish carvings floats upward with the robed adjudicator in a grapple and tears off the hood of the robed figure. And you see your father's face. You see your father's face in that tattoo under his left eye with the Omega symbol. Bucking Baron, uh, I need a, a perception from you guys. Uh, can I try to escape from my... Uh, sure. Things, my hand. But first, a perception. Okay. 15. Okay. 22. You both recognize that this creature is Agatha back the one in the same just as the realization hits your stomach's drop she in an unholy wail says valgris and i imagine this catches your attention as you're kind of trying to shimmy your way out of your binds she says valgris i demand retribution follow me and lord vecna or this elf dies before your very eyes and we flash back to the beach Still in mid-panic from the arm coupling, a server approaches and clears his throat. <laughs> Sirs, is everything okay? Uh, it's uh, Mr. Muckbuckle, it's just that your 2 o'clock is here. He came on the 150 transport just now and says he has a job interview with you. Mm. That's right, I almost forgot that we gotta replace Nash. Yeah, go ahead. I'm. I'm. Uh, let me just clear it. Go ahead. All right. Okay. okay. Very well, sir. And he waves to a stodgy-looking dwarf. In the distance, obviously dressed for battle and not for the beach, the dwarf acknowledges the signal and approaches. When he's finally across from you and Baron, he introduces himself. Sir. Good afternoon. Yes. (laughs) My name is Vondel Ungard, and I'm here to fill the position that is vacated. Mm. You seem to have all the qualifications. (laughs) Vondel... You don't mind if I call you Vondel, do you? As long as your gold spins. My gold does spin. Well then, Vondel is a perfect name, as that is my name. Okay, Vondel. Go ahead and take me there. Why do you want to work with the Muckbuckle Detection Agency? I like money, and I'm good at what you're asking me to do, so I figure, why not combine those two things? Like I said, he has all the qualifications. Okay. (laughs) When can you start? (laughs) Well, seeing as you are the first applicant, I gotta make sure to do my due diligence, you see. Why should I hire you over, say... I don't know, that big burly janitor over there. (laughs) Off in the distance, a half-orc waves. Hi! Um, I was like, well, I'm assuming you looked over my resume. Oh. I didn't even know you sent her resume. Okay. No, that's on us. That's I. I I'll get after my secretary about. You've been that. out on in on the job. So. We've been on the job. Yeah. You see. All right. Well, in short, I was uh, a higher up in the Versbergian Dwarven Army, also part of uh, special forces in the army. 
I'm very apt in the things that you are looking for. I have a lot of uh, special skills. Okay. Two questions for you. Will you let people hand me things? Is that you don't like being handed things? I don't like being handed things. I don't mind. Okay, perfect. Number two... (laughs) Number two is an important one. Weirdest interview ever. (laughs) So you can take all the time you need to think about this. All right. Will you kill people who are trying to kill me? If it means that our mission succeeds, absolutely. Okay. I think you're qualified. (laughs) Now, I'd like to hire you on a, you know, probationary basis. I understand. That will be fine. Okay. Well, then, I'd like to formally welcome you to the Muckbuckle Detection Agency. Also, that's that's it. You're in now. We don't have anything to do with paperwork. Huzzah. <laughs> I assume that my room will be taken care of by the agency as I have yet to. Oh, all expenses paid when you're working for the Muckbuckle Detection Agency. Excellent. I assume that I can just take over the room of the person that has vacated your uh, little group here. Yeah, sure. Why not? Excellent. Flashback to the sanctuary. What say you, Valgrease? I'm trying to escape from my bonds. Okay. Okay. Uh, Go ahead and roll. It's going to be a 21. Okay. You get out of your bonds. Now what? I will reach up and use my uh, chilling touch. Okay. Um, You did. Okay. It's fine. Go ahead okay. and be selfish. Yeah. No, it's it's fine. So uh, you don't have to roll for it. You just do it. It just happens. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So uh, what do you do? Uh, I mean, I mean, like describe it and roll, roll so, the chill uh, touch. Yeah, damage. he's 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 holding uh, my father in his hands, and I uh, wriggle out of my my braces, and I reach up and I try to like touch his elbow, which he's holding uh, my father with. And uh, cast the, the, the spell through uh, my new hand. Okay. Uh, how much? What, what's the damage type on that? Or how much remember. damage? Cinder could tell you, but Caleb cannot. It's pretty low. But if, it's level like a five. D f- I wonder if he gets a level five or not. It is a 1d8 necrotic damage. Level five, though. It's 2d8. So do we give him the level five since he's level five? Uh, sure. Okay. 2d8. Necrotic damage. Seven. And is a banshee undead? Yes. Then the banshee has disadvantage on the next attack rolls. All right. So we've got that damage. And with that, Agatha says, one more chance. This person's life is in your hand. Will you follow me and Lord Vecna? I will always side with family. And with that, in a big flash, and a puff, Agatha disappears. Uh, A flash of light blinds you, and when your sight returns, standing before you is your father with a large smile on his face. 
He approaches and cradles Baron's face in his hands. Even though you are a grown man, his hands still feel incredibly large and strong to you. He lightly kisses your forehead and says, while keeping his eyes locked on Baron's face, he says, Mr. Muckbuckle, I'm sorry you had to witness this trial, but after reports of my dear son offering service to another, we had to test him to be sure where his allegiance lies. He removes his hands from your face, reaches across to your good hand while rummaging through his robes with the other. He pulls out something that resembles a wax seal stamp. He locates the tattoo on the web of your hand, the same tattoo that you've been seeing, sans the Omega symbol, on the web of your hand, and with an orange-amber glow, presses the stamp on your tattoo. It burns, and when he pulls it away, nothing remains. He calmly puts the stamp away. When his hands leave his robe a second time, it has another stamp in it, this one as black as obsidian. He pulls the left of your face taut with his opposite hand and firmly presses the cool stone just under your left eye. It feels cool and solid. A moment later, he pulls his hands away. You feel as if you're a day or two into the healing of a black eye. Bucky, when you watch this and you see Baron's face and you see the result, you see the same symbol that was on his hand, the web of his hand under his left eye now. That's below his father's eye, minus the Omega symbol. Your father speaks. He says as he turns to Bucky, you must now go and speak with Lemaine. She has another task for you, Mr. Muckbuckle. And she turns to Vondel. New dwarf. Slowly turning towards Trillman with a sly smile. And Viscount Trillman Valgris. Smirking as he says your new title. All right, so... You now must go speak with Lemaine. Um, your father then ushers you through the door on the left, down a corridor and into a small chamber, getting in behind you. You feel the chamber lurch after he closes the door, and you get the sensation that you are descending. After a long moment, you feel an abrupt stop, and the door opens again. Upon exiting uh, Viscount, your suspicions are confirmed. The church where your trial took place is the meeting place to work out justice as well as a cover to the entry of your clan's secret underground fortress, Grave Thala. You know it well. It's the headquarters for the Order of the Claw, or Order of Cass. Uh, you are now in the first level, just below ground. Bucky, this is new to you, as well for you, uh, Vondel. You see a ring of houses that stretches almost beyond sight. In the middle of the ring is a dark chasm. So imagine a big donut, and there's just housing on the edges of the donut. Um... Uh, in spite of its depth and darkness, you can make out the bottom of the chasm. Above it, including the ring you stand on, you count six levels. Including the ring you stand on, you count six levels as the chasm gets smaller towards the bottom, allowing for more usable surface area the lower you descend. Uh, this level has a moderate amount of activity as it seems to be in the main housing floor, uh, with people coming and going. When is somebody going to undo these bonds? Oh, they disappeared along with the illusion of Agatha. That's what I thought. You know, your family has a really weird way of trying to establish trust. That test was screwed Um, up. Baron, or um, excuse me, Viscount, uh, I'm going to send you the map for this place. First things first. I'm going to need a formal apology for being abducted against my will. I'm sorry for our methods, but it was 
necessary. That's tolerable, I guess. Yeah. It sounds like there's a job in it for us. Yeah. So. Oh. Okay. Sorry, that went over me. So you can explain the place as you see fit, maybe on elevator rides or if you don't have to. Um, Bucky and Vondel, you two are lucky to see this. Not many outside of our order have been here and successfully seen the light of day afterwards. My son can fill you in on the details, but now we must hurry. We shouldn't keep Lemaine waiting. I've been telling Fondle since day one that he's going to see exotic locales working for me. I'm sorry, did, yeah, did you say Fondle? Did you say Fondle? I think you said Fondle. Vondle. No. <laughs> it's, with, it's with a V. Sounds like Fondle. Yeah. Mm, I'm pretty sure I never say a name wrong. <laughs> We've established on the record. Very confused that, about names. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, you guys, you guys have time to talk um, as you follow your father through, through the town. Mm. You don't have to talk, but... I'm full of words. So what does that map look like, Trillamond? Well, he doesn't have a map. He has the brain of the map. Like, what does the brain <laughs> of the map look like? You, if you want, you can tell him about the place. It oh. doesn't really matter. You don't have to. Uh, yeah, I emailed it to you. See, Fondle, what did I say? Yeah, did uh, when they let us go, did we get our stuff back? I'm assuming they took stuff from us, all of our stuff. Uh, no, you had it. It's it, okay. it was all an illusion. Gotcha. Um, it was set up to test uh, this count. So um, there are many different light uh, levels to this uh, this place, mm-hmm. and uh, we can move between them uh, each getting smaller and smaller as we go down the, the floors. Um, did we find out which level we're actually going to? All right. Okay. Is your dad trustworthy? He is my father. I don't even know what that means. Fondle, would you trust your dad? Of course I would trust my dad. Am I the only one that had a freaked up childhood? That's pretty cool, but I don't know if I trust him. Okay, then. We're going down. We're following you, Julius, if that is your name. It is indeed. I never, How did you know that, though? I never forget a name. <laughs> I don't think anybody told you. On those that I've... D- you think I hired somebody without knowing their entire family lineage? Please, I could name your 10th great-grandfather. I'm willing to bet, given the direction of this campaign, that you don't know the rest of his family. How much money do you want to bet? <laughs> Me, Caleb? <laughs> no, you, Julius. Oh. I thought you were Julius. <laughs> All in, right. in, in my family's uh, like spoken language, um, I say to him, uh, why did you think you couldn't trust me? I just had to be sure. What the hell is a spoken language? It's it's a mix of goblin and what was it? It was uh, goblin, goblin elf. and yeah, elfish. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's like a a weird weird mix mash. Sounds that real gross. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's weird. It's dumb. Um, so, but you guys have to speak in it. <laughs> yeah, it's, right it's, now none of this is real, Red. <laughs> this it's is fantasy yet ugly yeah. at the yeah. same time. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like throwing up and smelling coffee at the same time. <laughs> That's any time yeah, I throw up. That's pretty, pretty much it. Okay. So um, 
yeah, he responds saying, I'm sorry, this is the way of the order. I vouched for you, but they wanted to be sure. Um, and it, I, I just uh, respond with, uh, you know, it's always going to be family first. Uh, these people don't matter to me at all. He doesn't say anything, but he looks at you and smiles. You're lucky we're so important to Trailmon's life. I say in our family language, does he ever shut up? No. You like working for him? It's entertaining. We can have him killed real quick. I mean, nobody knows he's down here. No. He doesn't have family. You're lucky Trillmon's life is his work. Okay. And just then, the elevator doors open, thank God. Um, ah, here we are, the Hall of Records. Uh, Lemaine spends most of her time on this floor poring over old books, trying to learn important information that may help further our cause. In this ring... Uh, you're surrounded by dominoes of bookshelves, too many to count. You don't notice any sort of identifying marks on the shelves to indicate topics. But the patrons move about as if they know exactly where to go for their books. This floor is much quieter than the first, although there is sound bleeding from the rings above you. On the inside of the ring, next to the railing, are tables with chairs that appear to be for reviewing books and the like. After a moment of puzzlement on his face, he says, Ah, there she is, follow me. Uh, finally, he leads you past a wooden desk with an oil lamp and a large open tome. An el elderly elven woman sits behind the desk, furiously writing on it with a large plumed quill. She has long, flat gray hair and a tight braid, long, light blue cloth dress. Very little in the way of adornments, very graceful, but severe and plain looking. The elven woman, uh, think uh, Ethel Bieber's from, from Parks, Parks and, and Rec. Rec, yeah. She's not interested in small talk or funny business. She's mostly there just to facilitate the records research and to enforce the no talking and whisper only rules. Once beyond the desk, uh, he brings you to a tall woman with white hair and dark skin with soft boned features. Even in her toughened age, she's exceedingly beautiful. There is a large scar that has a blackened hue to it, which oddly doesn't detract from her beauty, but seemingly adds a layer of strength and authority. Also of note, and quite obvious, a tattoo of the Order of Cass, the one you've been seeing everywhere, sits perfectly centered on her forehead, black with an omega symbol surrounding it. Hearing you approach, she looks up, looking over you. She smiles at Bucky and says, Welcome, little clever one, and looks at Trillmond, searching over his hand, noticing that there is no tattoo there, and then looks up toward your face, and taking note of the new tattoo, says, Welcome home. This count. We now have you three, Vondel, Bucky, and this count Trillman in the heart of Grafthala, speaking to Lemaine, the one that sent you the letter from the time before. And Dash, I promise you are in this campaign. I am. <laughs> oh, Dash, have you been sitting there the whole time? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, thank you for listening. Dear listener, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. Sitting to my left, we have uh, Count Trillman Volgrace, Carmelo T. Bucky Muckbuckle, uh, Dash Observing, <laughs> Vondel Ungard. Thank you, folks. Grab your swords and keep on adventuring. Follow us across all platforms with Chaotic Amateurs. 
Please subscribe, rate and review our show on your podcast app of choice to help us climb the charts and find new adventurers. Or become a patron on Patreon to help our heroes continue their quest. Thank you for listening to Chaotic Amateurs. Chaotic Amateurs.